Welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I am your host, Sean Zock, and today we have a gold medal worthy show. You'll hear from me, an American. You'll also hear from my coworker, Marika Wasjishin, who is Canadian. And lastly, you'll hear from NB Park from South Korea. Now, one of those names is unlike the other two. NB Park, unlike Marika and myself, represented her country down in Rio earlier this month at the Olympics and walked away with a nice little gold medal hanging around her neck. Before Marika talks with her, though, we can sort of cap off the Olympics in our own way. Marika, I know how proud you are of your Canadian roots. How much did you enjoy watching the Olympics, even if Brooke Henderson didn't win? Am I proud? I don't know. I mean, do I have a Canadian team sweater hanging on my desk? Do I talk about, oh, that's Canadian. Oh, that's from Canada. Yeah, I am pretty proud. Um, the Olympics were great. And, you know, aside from golf, these Olympics had a lot of narratives going into it about security and health risks and and human rights violations. And, and while all of those things are totally valid and there are still now stories coming out of the woodwork about that, uh, I think that it, they were a success. I think everyone was really worried about something extreme happening. Um, and it was really great to watch. Having golf back in the Olympics was awesome. It felt like almost like a regular weekend watching the guys and the girls play and uh, giving them that coverage. But there was something special about knowing that at the end of that final round, three people were getting up on a podium to receive Olympic gold medals for the first time in 112 and 116 years. So it was really awesome. Brooke had a tough week. She had a really good day on Thursday and shot a 64. Then she had two not so good days and just didn't have enough left in the tank on Saturday to, to finish it off. But she's got a really bright future. Fellow Canadian Alina Sharp did a really great job as well. She finished T30. So it was really awesome to you sort know, of have... You know all the Canadian Man, facts. I'm up on it. I'm up on it. No, it, and, and and even the guys, too, you know, seeing uh, Graham Dillette and David Hearn. Right. Graham Dillette had the first tee time, and yeah. that was awesome, you know, to see a Canadian out there for the first tee time of Olympic golf. Um, it was where awesome. Where did Graham Dillette and David Hearn finish? Do you know? I don't know. Don't I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all up on the Canadian women. No, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I do know that David Hearn had a share of the lead or was, like, second or third after the first day, which gave me more than enough material to start bragging in the office and then I got put in my place yeah. <laughs> so thanks guys <laughs> yeah it was a fun competition I think one of the better things that came out of the Olympics too was just to look at the golf course because Gil Hans did a great job and we hear we saw photos we hear rumors of just how great the course is going to be until we actually see it on tv it's hard to really know just how great the course is going to be and it, it's going to host future events it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun, that golf course. It wasn't easy, but I think both champions were up around 15 under for the their gold medal victory. So it was, it was cool to see the course test the best players in the world, but also prove some very worthy champions. Yeah, and I actually really liked the fact that there was so much creativity that you could do um, on the course, depending on what your style of play was. Uh, there was a particular hole. I can't remember. I can't recall what hole it was, but there was a particular hole in the women's tournament where the group of three that was playing it, they were playing around the green, and one used a putter, one used a wedge, and one used a hybrid. And there were three completely different shots for the same goal of getting the ball close to the hole so they could putt out. But it was really cool to see that that course management, um, and, and likewise with the guys, that this is a track that no one had ever really played until that week. Uh, it, there was a lot of unknowns. The grass was uh, – difficult <laughs> yeah. at best. Um, and the natural areas were, were a problem and there was wildlife everywhere. Uh, it was cool. It was definitely a, a very good television course to watch for sure. 
I think uh, we'll get to Imbi in just a couple minutes here. I know you've got a couple questions for her about just her entire Olympics in general. But before that, we can actually talk about something that happened this week and not a couple weeks ago. Both Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy had their respective Barclays uh, press conferences. And both were asked about the Olympics because both did not take part. And it kind of felt as if both of them kind of displayed a little bit, maybe shades of regret for not taking part. And we're not going to criticize them anymore for the decisions that they made actually back in July. But, uh, you know, these guys, it, it made, they made it sound as if they were a little bit jealous of Justin Rose and NB Park and Henrik Stenson and Lydia Ko, the guys that the people that were down there actually competing. I mean, wouldn't you be? You see your compatriots that you play against week in, week out have the same exact opportunity that you did. This was not a, yes, it was play your way onto the field, but they were all there and they had a chance to go and represent their country and do that. And they chose not to, and that's their prerogative. But uh, I would be jealous if I, you know, knew that I was one of the best in the world and had a chance to do something like that. And I I really do think you saw the cream rise to the the top. Um, And in the gold medal and silver and bronze medal winners, I don't think, I think we were kind of hoping maybe for you know, a cool amateur story or an out of nowhere, you know, there was an Indian girl who was in contention for a while who was 17 years old or 18 years old. But yeah, I think that I would feel jealous too if I was Rory or Jordan sitting back at home in America or Ireland, (laughs) wherever they might have been at the time, and watching this unfold and saying, man, I could have had a chance at history here and instead I'm sitting on my couch. But yeah, decisions are made. Uh, I've heard from a few people that were down in Rio, one of them being my roommate. He said he didn't put uh, any mosquito spray on the entire time wow. he was down there. So take well, that. That might be a little bit hazardous, but yeah, it didn't seem like it was a problem for no. sure. Take that as you will. It will be interesting, though, to see if the, their comments are almost used as ammunition for 2020. You know, guys are already thinking it's four years away, but they're thinking, like, wow, I'd love to be there at that point. And the guys that are in their prime in their 20s right now will probably be around at that point. And uh, it will be interesting, but it, it will only be more interesting um, if the IOC approves golf as a sport for the 2024 games and even the 2028 games. But we'll get to that another day in another <laughs> podcast. Uh, without further ado, we can get to our gold medal guest in B Park. Marika, take it away. Thanks, Sean. Well, I am delighted to be joined by seven-time major winner, former world number one, recent Hall of Famer, and now gold medalist in B Park. Thank you so much for joining us on the Golf.com podcast, in B, and congratulations on your gold medal. Thank you so much. So this has been a really up and down year for you. You qualified for the Hall of Fame recently, but you were sidelined for injury for a lot of the LPGA season. And then you come away with a gold medal from Rio. So where is your head and your game at right now with all of this stuff going on? Well, um, obviously, it has been really up and down here with um, with the injuries, but also at the same time, there was so many good things happening as well. Um, you know, I um, I qualified for the Hall of Fame. I got the gold medal in the Olympic Games, which is the really important goal of the year. So, um, you know, those two things that I have been looking forward to uh, uh, for the year. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to play many events this year. I uh, missed missed out a couple of uh, major tournaments as well. So. You know, I feel a little bit disappointed about that, but I'm happy, you know, where I am right now. And, you know, one fo- I need to focus on getting healthier now. So uh, Let's talk about Rio a little bit. You took the lead uh, after day two, and you never really looked back. 
What was your strategy throughout the week? More than any tournament, the the nerves were probably the highest. You know, I felt like, you know, every round was in the final round of the major tournament. I think because it was, I was representing my country and it's just not for me, it's just for the whole country. So it was just such a different feeling and you know, such a di- different atmosphere, something I've you know never experienced before, but I, at the same time, I really enjoyed it. And obviously, having a gold medal means a lot. Um, you know, major trophy means a lot, but at the same time, gold medal is you know, something I've really wanted. And obviously, being golf in the Olympics for in, in 116 years and being able to put my name um, in the gold medalist as, in golf is just, you know, very meaningful and and also like in Korea you know a lot of people before was just you know golf fans watching golf but now this after this week there is just general people that who weren't interested in golf before um, recognizing recognizing me and um, get introduced to golf and I think the fan base is just much bigger in women's golf and golf in general so Korea as as you know we all know is is very the golf is popular and there are a lot of fans that follow a lot of the players on the LPGA and we're seeing a lot of pictures and videos from your hero's welcome they're calling it uh your grandfather was there and called you the daughter of the Korean people what did that mean to you and and further you know you spoke a little bit about what it means for the country but tell me what having a golf gold medal means for Korea um well for Korea I think you know maybe Korean people expected gold from Korean women's golfer, but um, at the same time, it was just individual play, so nobody knew what was going to happen. But being able to win a gold medal in women's golf just proves that you know really we are the one of the best in the world, and obviously, um, you know we kind of prove that you know we can't compete in the world level. So I think it's a good thing. I mean, because like I said, the fan base is just now much bigger, and a lot more people you know get kids want to play golf. A lot more people knows about golf. You know what? A lot of people knows what birdie is, what par is, what bogey is. So it's really easy to um, explain to a lot of, you know, general people um, in interviews and everything. And golf is just getting, you know, so much popular after uh, being in Olympic Games, so which is um, which is something I'm really happy about. So your celebration on 18, you were five shots clear, but you were still exultant. Where does receiving that gold medal and standing on the podium rank among your very long list of accomplishments? Uh, well, it's just really hard to compare because um, I think it's just in a total different category. And just major wins and gold, 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 gold medal is just in a total, total separate category. But they are definitely on the best. Um, the major wins and the gold medal is definitely one of the top. So were there any other Olympic athletes, golf or otherwise, that inspired you during your time in Rio? Um, just, I mean, a lot of sports because um, you know, Korea is really good at archery. Um, you know, I've been watching swimming. Um, yeah, I think mostly archery because we have been getting gold medal and we got every category this year. And after watching them, you know, I kind of got, got a confidence and you know, kind of wanted to, you know, get a gold medal in golf as well. Um, especially being the first time we wanted to, I wanted to show people that, um, you know, golf is really fun sports and fun to watch and it's a, it's a great sport. So, I think we'll both agree on that. Um, so let's talk about the future a little bit. So you're hoping to come back in time for the Avion Championship, the final major of the year. 
how is your thumb feeling and what needs to happen for you to feel ready to return to the LPGA? Well, I need to see a doctor as soon as possible. And um, I've been here only a couple of days and it has been really, really busy. So I didn't get time to go. But after I see, see my doctor, um, I'm going to have to make a brief decision. Um, as for right now, I haven't made, you know, which one I'm going to play. Um, I mean, I definitely have Evian in my mind, but if my doctor says that I need more rest and if, uh, it, in order to uh, heal perfectly, I, I'm definitely going to listen to the expert. So, um, you know, I'm just waiting for a couple more days to um, for his decision. So. And is it feeling okay, though? Is there any pain or is it more so just waiting for the all clear from the doctor? Well, I think feeling, feeling-wise, I mean, it's not as bad as a um, couple couple months ago um, where I probably felt the most. And right now, um, being in the, uh, in the Olympics, it was much better, like, pain-wise, but I mean, it was still there. So um, I'm kind of have to see, uh, try to do whatever I can do to get this pain away and, you know, heal perfectly. That's uh, really the main key for this year. So there are some rumors circulating uh, on both sides of this discussion about a possible retirement and that you're not retiring yet. Can you clear those those rumors up for us? Well, I don't have any plans yet to retire. So, I mean, there is nothing like no announcements to make at the moment. What do you think would make that decision for you? Do you think it would be, you know, having a family or just deciding that you have done a ton in women's golf and that you're just you're finished and ready to walk away from the game? Do you have any ideas about that yet? Well, I really don't have um, um, exact like date or year. I can't really can't tell you when I'm going to retire because I just don't know yet. I mean, at the moment, I'm just trying to heal from the injury and. You know, as soon as I heal from injury, I'm going to start practicing again and I'm going to see how feel, how I feel. Obviously, you know, having a family is definitely a, a goal for me, um, but I'm I'm definitely doing that after I retire because it's hard to, um, you know, raise, raise, raise baby uh, while on the tour. So that's something that I'm going to do after I'm retiring. So I'm curious. Let's let's go away a little bit from the actual playing of golf. Uh, I want to know a little bit about your nicknames because I understand that you have a few, um, but there are two favorites, including Queen Bee, which we hear a lot on tour, and Silent Assassin. And you prefer the second one. Why? Um, I think that just means that I, I look, and I look like I'm very focused on the golf course, and I look like I'm very concentrated, which is which is you know what I want to be on the golf course, and um, it's you know it's sounds a little scary but <laughs> you know maybe because I don't have much of emotions on the golf course that's why I think people nickname me like that way so I think that just means you know I'm doing my job on the golf course and you know that's what I'm trying to do so I'm happy about that. What is something that you are most proud of when you look back at your time on the LPGA so far and your induction, your upcoming induction into the Hall of Fame? What's something that stands out to you, aside from the gold medal, because it's, it's totally different? What is a highlight of your career so far? I think well, it's really hard because there's three things that I really think is the key to my career. And the one is three majors in a, in a one year, and one is the Grand Slam, and the third one is the Hall of Fame. And I really couldn't tell like which one is better because 
it's it's been all something that I really wanted to achieve, and that that was just you know something I never thought that I can do it, and it 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 was just true and come true. So. So you're 28 years old and you've had monumental success on the LPGA Tour, but there's a ton of really young talent coming up. We talk about Lydia Ko, we talk about Brooke Henderson, we talk about Lexi Thompson. Who to you is standing out right now as sort of the next great women's golfer? Well, I think at the moment it's definitely Lydia. And um, I know there is a lot of um, potential in uh, Aria and Brooke and a lot of you know a lot more younger players, but at the moment I think Lydia definitely makes you know much more and much less mistakes, and her putting and stroking is just you know really good. So I think um, you know everyone that's on, that on that on the tour, including myself, you know compete, and we need to get better every day. So, so last question, Inby, you're being compared uh, in some circles to. Annika Sorenstam as sort of the next standard for greatness in women's golf. Uh, what haven't you accomplished that you still want to do? And what do you want your legacy on the LPGA to be? Well, I really haven't thought about the next goal yet because you know, the gold medal and being in the Hall of Fame was definitely you know my goal. And I've just achieved that this year. So I really couldn't think of the next one yet. So I'm going to take my time and think about my next goal. And obviously, um, you know, being able to inspire a lot of, you know, young generations of golfers would be, uh, you know, would be great. And if they can be my legacy, I think that's even better. And obviously, um, with Olympic being um, big in Korea, I you know, feel like I've, you know, introduced golf to a lot of young kids as well uh, who didn't know about golf so hopefully uh, many more um, girls and boys can you know pick up golf clubs and um, reach their dreams excellent well thank you again so much Inby and all the best to you for a speedy recovery we hope to see you back on the course soon okay thank you so that was a uh, golf gold medalist for the first time in 116 years in B Park. Sean, what did you uh, think of that conversation? Kind of you know, interesting to hear somebody who's had so many accolades be really humbled by this experience. Yeah, it was just cool to see how important it was. You know, the, the entire run up to the Olympics from a lot of the ladies, the general consensus was how important golf and gold medals and silver medals and even bronze medals was going to be. So it's cool to kind of see the after effect and what, how she felt afterward. It was cool. It was cool to hear her talk about what she feels her legacy is going to be in terms of getting kids in Korea to pick up golf clubs, to pick up the game. You know, people, that's kind of something that you can't really quantify. It doesn't really meet the eyes right away. It's something that happens time after time after time. And it's the kind of thing that manifests into what we see on the PGA Tour nowadays. The Tiger boom kind of created the likes of Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and we'll kind of see in the future, maybe 10, 15 years on the road, what that means for the LPGA. Totally, and I think it's it's easy to see that, you know, however many years, you know, decades after Annika was at the top of her game, you're seeing a lot of girls interested in golf. You know, there's the LPGA girls golf group that gets young girls from all over the country out on the course and playing. Um, and I think you're seeing that continue, and now that they have these younger idols to look up to, you're right, I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, hopefully we're going to see even more young kids getting out on the course. Can we talk for a second about 
MB Park winning gold and not really being fully healthy. I think that that was something that didn't get nearly enough, nearly enough play during the event. She's had a, a an injury plagued year and hasn't won as much as she has in the past. And she wins gold going away too. It like wasn't really even that close. And she does it with a bum thumb. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why she was number one in the world for so long. I think she didn't. She was missing cuts and not playing in events. Like she, she hasn't been on the LPGA tour for months. We haven't seen anything of her, and we didn't really even know that she was going to show up to Rio until a couple of weeks before. And she said, "No, I'm going." And you know, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of other Korean golfers, of which yeah. there are many um, on the on the LPGA who wanted to go and represent their country, but she backed it up. So five shots clear of Lydia Ko, and and just absolutely ran away with it. And it's, it was really cool to see. One of the things that I mentioned um, during the second round was it's really neat, or after the first round even, it was really neat to see her near the top of the leaderboard. Little yeah. did we know she was going to run away with it and end up at the top by a lot. Yeah, and you talked about the young ladies of the LPGA Tour, Lydia Ko and Brooke Henderson and Aria. You know, NB Park's still 28 years old. She still has a lot of very good golf ahead of her. And it doesn't sound like she's coming to a close anytime soon. She's not wrapping a bow on her career. As I said, 28 years old, and she she said she's going to kind of take a little bit of time off, get healthy again, and kind of recalibrate like her goals. She said she doesn't know what her next goal is, but she's accomplished a lot. I always find it funny when you talk about Hall of Fame and golf. A lot of people enter the Hall of Fame before their career is over with, which is not the case in pretty much any other sport. You can add to your Hall of Fame resume, and it sounds like she's still going to do that. Yeah, and I think the whole point is that these rumors kind of came out of left field, and almost immediately there were stories surrounding refuting those rumors and saying, no, she never said that, so that's why I wanted to talk to her a little bit. And she did sort of sound confused, like, I don't really know where this is coming from. I'm 28 years old. Yeah, I'm in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not anywhere close to done, which I think is great because I think, you know, you're you're still seeing older players. You know, Julie Inkster had her eagle uh, at, at the Canadian Women's Open yesterday, and you know there are Kari Webb. She's been around for a long time. You're seeing these women who continue into the later years of their career, and they're still doing well. And Inby is probably light years away from finishing her career and and going to be at a high level for a long time if she gets healthy. Now, I don't think that she's not going to get healthy. I think she's smart and she can maybe rest on her heels a little bit knowing she has a gold medal and seven majors and a grand slam and all these other things under her belt already that she can relax and and take the time to come back and then really sort of drive it home. I love how she's down with being the silent assassin. You know, yeah. I know you're a Beyonce <laughs> fan and you'd, I'm sure you would love to have the nickname Queen Bee, but Indy's like, you know what? I'm okay with that, nah. but I'm also... <laughs> I'm also the silent assassin, and I'm focused, and you better watch out for me because I'm doing my job out here. I know, and I read that. I was like, what? How? How is that even a thing? And she she laughed a little bit about it. Yeah, it sounds kind of dangerous and you know, a little <laughs> bit scary, and she doesn't... She doesn't give a foreboding look. You're right. You know, she she does look focused week in and week out, but she's not. She doesn't have kind of that killer instinct look that say a Suzanne Pedersen would have maybe on the court. She you know she's just sort of you know content. But yeah, silent assassin. That's what she likes to be known as on the LPGA tour. Yeah, she makes plenty of birdies. We can leave it at that for now. Thank you, Marika, for making your podcast debut this week. Thanks to MB herself for joining us as well. 
We'll have to wait for four more years to see if NB will be able to defend her Olympic gold title a little bit closer to home now in Tokyo 2020. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock.